listener production. Hi, my name is Ursula Carlson. You're listening to That's Enough Already. Now, this week on the show, I've got Ray O'Leary, and Ray is touring his brand new live show, Everything Funny, All the Time, Always. And as a friend of his, let me tell you, it's true. And in this episode, we chat about Ray recording this episode from a very familiar location. Really, really familiar. Like, I love it. It's my living room, partly because we're almost neighbours, but mostly because he wanted to use my internet. Mine is better. It's a little bit of a humble brag. Uh, and when I say better, he doesn't have any. We cover a lot in today's episode. Like, why is he a huge fan of impactful swearing? Just like me. Fucking oath. Why he chooses to perform in a suit? His distaste for the smell of green rooms, but honestly, same. And he shares a hilarious story of the time an audience member proclaimed their love for him while on stage. Get in line, ladies. Am I right? That's quite enough. Just Just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. Shush, please. Uh Yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush. Hello, Ray O'Leary. Welcome to the podcast. That's enough already. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks, Urge. Thanks for having me. Where, where are you today, Ray? Where do we find you on this lovely, lovely day? Well, I think you know exactly where I am. I'm in Auckland, uh, New Zealand. And in fact, I'm sitting in your lounge right now. Yeah, you've got a style. You're the whole place. It feels like it's been decorated by a clown or something or like yeah. Jackson Pollock's gone haywire on the walls. Usually when people walk in, they go, you've got heaps of flatmates because it's so eclectic. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, it's just me. It's just just real colourful. Me and a whole bunch of kids. I'm good. I'm, uh, I've actually taken some time off. Yeah. I say some time off. Do you, do you find it hard to relax? Are you a workaholic or do you, is it real easy for you to relax? What do you do? I think it's it's sort of a mix for me because I feel like because yeah, stand up and comedy is the kind of thing where you can always be working on it. You know, like there's always like looming over you, like your next show. You should be writing more material, but also at the same time, whenever I sit down to write, I just procrastinate all day and I'm just like on Facebook and yeah. Instagram and stuff. So I, I just find I relax all the time when I'm trying to work anyway. So it's pretty easy for me. So for me, I'm always fucking around in the house. Like I can never just go. Even this weekend, go, I've got some time off, sort of yeah. forced time off, if you will, um, and I should just relax, but I don't. I mowed the lawns, I replanted some stuff, I, you know, like I always try yeah. and come up with stuff. Like my mum has said to me in the past, she goes, you can just do fuck all, it is okay. <laughs> but then that, that's how I procrastinate because yeah. I don't go on Facebook or I just then yeah. go, okay, what can I what can I fix or yeah. what can I build yeah. or what can I break? And I know you write a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. I don't know, I reckon you're probably different to me. Like I'm someone who always like writes out everything I want to say word for word when I go out on stage. Like I've got like everything really planned to a T. But I, I reckon you're a lot looser than me if I had to guess. In the beginning, no, like I used to write out, I know that handwritten 27 A4 sheets of paper is a one-hour show for me. Someone said the other day, why does this woman always sound angry? And I thought, I don't think of it as angry. I'm heightened. Like I, I yeah. think as a South African, I think we are all heightened because yeah. we are fucking ready. <laughs> uh, that's why I don't trust people who don't swear. I'm like, where does all that rage go? Where does all that pent-up emotion go? Like it needs to come out yeah. and there's no better way like to sort of during the day just have those little explosions of, yeah. you know, energy come out, then when you swear a lot, when you go, for fuck's sakes, yeah. immediately, 
just a little bit of tension leaves your body. And then yeah. at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I'm tired, I'm going to go to bed. And then you just get in bed and you sleep. Those are the people who go, I can't sleep. I I need to take yeah. Prozac or I need to sleep. But you need to start swearing more. Do you swear in your sets? I try not to, just so that when I do swear, it's like really impactful, you know, there's nothing wrong with a comedian swearing. Like, there are so many good jokes that involve swearing. But there are so many, I don't know, there are people like old conservative fuddy-duddies and they're like, as soon as they hear a yeah. comedian swear, they like shut off and they're like, nah, they're no good, they're no good. Can I just give a shout-out to fuddy-duddies and I don't think enough people use fuddy-duddies anymore. <laughs> Can that be the name yeah. of your next show? Ray O'Leary, the fuddy-duddy in a suit. <laughs> You're asking if I, can, if I swear or not and then I'm dropping terms like fuddy-duddies. <laughs> yeah. When did you decide on the suit? The suit, it was it was very early on. I, mm. I there was a thing called the Wellington Comedy Awards, which uh, and I I they are they get like newbies to perform. And I remember it was like a nice event. And so they said like dress up in a suit. And I put the suit on and I did my material and it, and it went well. And then people afterwards were like, Oh, the suit suit suits you. That way, this way, I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. Having to worry about what I'm going to look like and stuff is, would be such a pain. And like, is it is that annoying for you? No, because I think mine is just because I don't have a persona. Like it is just me. So I literally just go in whatever I wear during the day. And sometimes it's house pants and a t-shirt, and other times like like I broke my collarbone last year, and then so I just wore house pants and t-shirts on stage and. Yeah. I just felt real like, hey, I'm I'm basically on sick leave, but I'm here chatting to you anyway. So <laughs> I sort of just take it as that approach. And and yeah. sometimes people have mentioned like they go, apart from the swearing, because I do swear a lot, but because I get yeah. stage fright, I use it as a crutch. Like um, uh, the more I, if I swear a lot, like I just did a special for TV3 and I swore so much yes. in it, even I was appalled at it. But um, <laughs> if I swear a lot, it just means I was really nervous on the night. Because yeah. sometimes I can make it through a whole set and not swear at all. But other times it's like, it's so fucking peppered through it. It's just like, fuck, 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 fuck. And I go, holy shit, I sound like I've got voluntary Tourette's going on. But no, my so my outfits and everything is just sort of, because it's just a transit, like there's no shift going from backstage mm. to onstage to backstage again. It's just a fear yeah. for me um, yeah. of seeing the audience out there. But yeah. then that disappears within five seconds. So then I'm yes. like, oh, I'm just here with a bunch of mates. So my outfits kind of stay, you know, because I'm just, I find it, uh, I that was a massive transition for me or sort of something to get used to when I just started doing comedy and I realised how many people backstage weren't anywhere near what they were either in front of the camera or in front of an mm. audience. Because you're basically the same. Like, you know, you're not, I mean, not quite as dry backstage, but you're so sharp. Oh, no, yes, thank you. But I, I, I do feel the same like as you, but like I, going on stage is so stressful. And like uh, yeah. like before a stand-up gig, I must, I reckon I must ruin a green room because I just like, I just pace back and forth and I'm just like going over my set in my head. I was just, because I, I don't know, I think in my head I'm just like, the only thing I can control is whether or not I remember the words I'm about to say. Maybe the audience is going to hate it, maybe not, but all I can control is whether or not I actually remember the words. And so I just pace back and forth. Even if you did, you know, bomb, what, I'm just bombing to 100 people. That's that's nothing. There's billions of people in the world. Who cares if 100 people don't exactly. think I'm funny? Have you ever regretted the suit? Like, have you performed in Adelaide, at the Adelaide Fringe yet? 
I've, I've not performed in Adelaide for, oh, I see, because of the heat. Yeah, it's not the worst rooms I've ever had, but it is yeah. the heat, just yeah. even just prepping before and after. Like the first time I did it, they had like the hottest summer on record and it was like 10 oh. days of 40-plus degrees, you oh. know, where you regret having skin, let alone, yeah. you know, like I just I performed with my hair in a ponytail every night because yeah. it was so hot my hair would just yeah. stick to my scalp and get all sweaty yeah. and disgusting. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when I start sweating on stage, immediately I start, it also feels like you're bombing as well, even though it's just the heat, but it feels like yeah. you're going so badly and it, it's like your body is like tricking you into thinking you're nervous again. I, I, I don't want to do like the, you know, the Thai. The first time you do it, it's like when you're drinking um, and then that first pee that you go for and then you've broken the seal. So when you dab the sweat off, yeah. the first time you do it, people in the back who haven't noticed that you're sweating now knows you're sweating. So now <laughs> I feel like everyone in the room is only focusing on my sweat and the amount of it. And so when you talk and it sprays through your lips, like the yeah. sweat will run into your mouth and then it sprays. Yeah. And then I go, I have to address it. So I've written two or three jokes about me sweating. Yeah. The first solo show I ever, well, it wasn't even a solo. I did a split bill with two other guys and mm. I only had 20 minutes, but I was sweating so much, my mascara, everything just ran down my cheeks. So everyone <laughs> could slowly see the blackness just creep up. And my sister was sitting in the front row. <laughs> And so as as new as comedy was to me, as new it was to them watching it, so my sister got up and dabbed my cheeks. <laughs> so I couldn't even just smack her hand away and go, yeah. fuck off, mate. You know, I just went, thank you, thank you. And then afterwards I realised it wasn't even a clean tissue and you're like, you <laughs> That's a bad heckle when you're sweating so much, someone's wipe, someone's like got a mop and bucket after you, and they're like, Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. Look. Yeah, but no. I mean, I've bombed so bad on my ass where someone in the audience have yelled out, It's not so bad, it's all right. <laughs> they had the classic. Yeah, I remember bombing once, and someone in the crowd yelled out, I love you. And I remember thinking, like, you, no, like you, if you loved me, you would not be. You'd, you'd laugh. You would not be sitting there in silence. Yeah, it was so uncomfortable. So, what yeah. was your day job before? Because you had like a real fucking weird ass day job. Yeah. I, I used to be a contract analyst and a policy advisor at the Department of Corrections. So, wow. a, so a contract analyst, like our job was to like be in charge of like this big contract that Corrections had with a facilities management company. It was like. It was them coming and checking to make sure everything in the prison was up to snuff and, you know, all the wiring and all, all that stuff was all okay. And then a, and then as a policy analyst, that was like finding evidence and trying to um, look at whether or not some of the ideas they wanted to put in place would be good or not. If you want to fuck up your career, like if you want to cancel yourself, you want to take six months off your career, talk shit about farming. Farming in New Zealand. You just say, like, yeah, farming is our biggest pollutant. Like, they need to sort yeah. out the farming in this country. Oh, you fucking, you wouldn't have anything on your plate if it wasn't for a farmer. I go, no, no, I get it, but, uh, you know, like, we just need to say, fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad. I once commented something like that on my mum's Facebook page, and then she started, she deleted my comment from her page. <laughs> wow. That's a burn and a half. It's tearing up family. Yeah, no, one time, one time I remember when I graduated, 
I uploaded a photo. It was me and my mum, you know, standing side by side at my graduation. And then mum put it up as her profile picture, but she cropped me out of it. And so you could only see her, but you could still see my hand over her shoulder. So it was her at my graduation <laughs> without me. Fuck, that is... That is tight, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. They, you're not your mum's favourite. Yeah, people say you've you've got a face only your mother could love, but no, not e- not even me. Not even. <laughs> How many you've got? Because your brother plays rugby. Like, yeah. I, I was blown away when you said your brother plays rugby for. Who does he play for? Oh, I've got a. Oh no, no, I've got a brother who plays for like just in Wanganui, like um, the Marist yeah. Wanganui Rugby Club, and I, I'm pretty sure he's pretty good. I think they had their last match the other day, and he got a try, but he's like. Nice. The opposite of me. My like my brother and my dad are like so different to me. They're, they're very quiet. Yeah, they're jocks. They're jo- I know I seem like a jock. I know I seem. You know, I've I've run to a car before. I, I always think that when I'm in a green room and something needs tightening or fixing, I'm like, "Fuck, yeah. Ray, did you bring the tool belt?" You know, <laughs> like you. That's how I reckon you should go. One gala, you need to yeah. go out in stubbies and a tool belt and some <laughs> yeah. red band boots. Or just, fuck, man, that'll, yeah. just that in itself yeah. will be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, mate, I was uh, working out on the farm. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, with a pie. Just eat a pie for four minutes <laughs> on stage. Get the tomato sauce off the off the black singlet, that in itself, yeah. just four minutes and then walk out. That would kill. That would kill. Yeah, the whole South Island will go fucking yes, <laughs> hit me right in the fields and never swore, not one word. <laughs> Burned his mouth with that hot cheese, just pushed right through it. So, how, what are you packing, brothers, sisters? What have you got? I've got two brothers and two sisters. Oh no, yeah, two brothers, two sisters. So, and I'm the eldest of all of us. Like you were telling me that um, you had like a birthday party here at your house before. I was like, I could, yeah. I could not cope. I don't think I could handle doing the parent thing, having twenty something kids in your house just screaming around. Twenty two kids. But you know what? It's always better if there's more. Because if there's – I spoke to one of the mums yesterday. She had, yeah. She's got one kid. And then during lockdown, she had such a fucking nightmare because she had to entertain them the whole time. Oh. I'm like, I've got two. If yeah. one of them said, come play with me, I go, no, I made you a sibling <laughs> so that they can play with you. Parenting is not that difficult and it's also not that expensive. When people go, it's really expensive to have kids. No, it's not. You can buy their clothes and stuff at Kmart. Like a lot of their shit I'll get at the op shops. It's like 50 cents a piece. You just wash it nicely. They're going to grow out of it in a month anyway. Yeah. You know. So, no, that's not that expensive. And just don't send them to private school. (laughs) Make sure they know how to punch and send them to a local school. (laughs) Look, life's going to fuck you up. We don't know what's going to happen with the environment. It looks like no one gives a fuck. Like no one's really taking any of this global warming shit to heart. So I reckon we're going to have to fight this shit out. So this is how you punch really hard. This is how you stab. (laughs) This is how, uh, if you need to, this is where we, you know, lock the guns up. Like stuff like that, you know, practical shit. I don't have a survival kit. Like a lot of people have survival kits, water, especially if you're like from earthquake prone area, oh, you know, yes. they've got like my sister lives in Christchurch. They've got matches mm. and torches and blankets and boots and shit at the door and their survival kit and water. And would, would you want to survive? Would you want to survive an earthquake or something like that? Like, I, cause I just think I've got no skills. I am not going to be able to cope out there in the wilderness. No. Like I think if I survived, I'd have to be like, look, all right, guys, just eat me. You can eat me first. Yeah. Pick me off. I've got no skills. 
all I'm doing is carrying around some excess meat that they can um, they can chow down on. Yeah, take me. It's it's like um, Survivor, you know, when they do yeah. that show, Survivor, and then people get voted out like fourth or fifth, and I'm like, yeah. you knew you weren't gonna, you know, you you can tell who's not gonna make it to the end. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, when you get voted out fourth or fifth, you've already eaten monkey nuts, um, goat shit. You know, you get to that yeah. point where, like, uh, this is urine-filled monkey nuts, you know, and then they eat it. As soon as I sit down for the first discussing, okay, so we've got rhino testicles. I'm like, I'm out. Vote <laughs> me out. I wonder what those people from Survivor, I wonder what they're like when they make it back to real life. You know, like, imagine, like, they can't comment on any food they're ever given again. You know, you can't be like, oh, yeah. I don't really like, I don't really like the roast you made, but I saw you eat those monkey nuts. You're saying yeah. <laughs> monkey nuts. Oh, this is a bit food. dry. Oh, would you like some monkey piss on that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like chocolate with nuts in it. Really, would you like it strain on the monkey still? <laughs> would you do a reality TV show? Like, would you go on uh, Celebrity Treasure Island? I No, I don't think... I don't think I could I could cope on let let alone be you know interesting or whatever. But the only reason to do it is maybe they would force me to diet and maybe I'd you know I think I had a friend. Did he say he lost ten kgs? I don't know. I can't remember. He lost like a lot of weight. But they all put it back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's all like <laughs> I could do one of those shows, but or I could just yeah. for thirty days only eat rice and beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and still sleep in a good bed and have a shower every day. It's the showering that gets me. I would still yeah. want to shower every day and brush my teeth. I look at them and they're sort of always picking at their hair. I'm like, yeah, because you haven't had a shower in like two weeks. And they go, we're three weeks in. I go, you must stink so fucking bad. It must smell like a green room. <laughs> People don't understand the, the smell in a green room. Oh, yeah. is something so special. <laughs> So, so it's like walking yeah, it's, into a gym bag. It's, it's unique. There are some, God, I, yeah, I've definitely been in green rooms and I've had people like trying to subtly tell other people that they smell bad. And it's just, you can't, it's just so awkward. Just, I remember, yeah, someone came into the green room and someone else started going, like, oh, does it, does it, does anyone notice the smell in here now? <laughs> you know, just be like, yeah. And like the other person did not pick up on it. They're like, no, I'm not smelling anything. I cannot. I, I almost know exactly the two players you're talking about <laughs> just by the subtle digs. <laughs> <laughs> there was someone who did, he, he did a show and it was super hot and he was wearing a leather jacket. And apparently every time he put his arms down, the sweat would just pour out of his like leather tight jacket. Like you'd see it come out his like, you know, he was like a teapot almost, you know, like. You know, oh, just a no. teapot full of sweat. And, you know, the spout came down. It was just, and it just, ugh, just awful. It's like when you wear leather shoes with no socks and then you take ugh. those shoes off and they do that. <laughs> they reckon a foot sweats like a cup of sweat a day or something oh. ridiculous like that. Oh, I'd believe. It's like half a cup or a cup of sweat. Anything more than a teaspoon is too much fucking sweat a day. <laughs> I'd believe that from my feet. Like, you, like you know, it's bad when you take your shoes off and you notice the smell. Like when you notice your own smell, that's like, oh, oh yeah. no, these are these are beyond help. No, but I think because you know how they say people don't you you can't smell yourself. You can't. I think that's horseshit. You can oh. smell yourself. We've all had a big day. We've all helped a friend move. We've all. 
done something. So when people go, oh, no, uh, they can't smell themselves, I'm like, no, they just obviously can't bullshit themselves as much as, like, it's it's intense. Like, go yeah. wash your ass. But, yeah, young, I think you get to a point where you're like, I can't be fucked. Like, we all have those days where you go, not today. I'm not, I'm just going to be, like my mum calls it when you're just being a dirty girl day. You're like, just stay in your pyjamas all day. And then she'll go, are you going to be a dirty girl today? I'm like, yeah, I'm a dirty bitch today. She doesn't like my swearing. It's one of those that complain. She's the she's the old fuddy-duddy. Dirty girl. I feel like that has a very different meaning coming from your mum. Like that's. I think that's something I would not want to hear a mum say about someone. Or you be... No, but see... Are you being a dirty girl? No. Are you being a dirty... No, right? Take those... Take that fucking filth out of your mouth. My mum is African and she... She does... Like, she translates everything directly from Afrikaans or Dutch into English. She literally just means you're dirty and because you're female, so she goes, girl. But then when you get to, to like, New Zealand or where they speak English and people go, dirty girl. I'm like, don't... No. <laughs> There's no, don't you dirty girl, me. Mom's meaning you're a dirty girl, not you're a dirty girl. <laughs> you watch too much porn. No, right? You're a dirty boy. <laughs> you're ashamed of yourself. My mom is sitting fucking five feet away yeah, from you right she, now. She can literally hear what I'm saying right now. Yeah, yeah. She's sharpening the fucking knife in that room <laughs> right now. Let me ask you this, right? How serious would you say you take comedy? And I know people don't think this, but it is fucking hard work. Like, mm. do you, after every show, go back and go, okay, this worked, this didn't work? What is your process? I do take it super seriously. I don't, I know not a lot of comics do this, but I have like spreadsheets on my laptop and it's like got yeah. all the, it's got all the punchlines. And then I go through and I measure like, how well that punchline did and like how long the laughs were for. And I try to calculate whether or not I got enough laughs per minute and what lines are working and what aren't. And, you know, I cut all the yeah. weak ones. Like I do take it like, I think I, I think pretty hard about it. And I don't, and like I only ever really retire a bit if I feel like it stopped working or if I record it. But now that I'm yeah. on the other side as a comedian, I'm like, oh, I can totally understand why you'd keep doing the same bits over yeah. and over again. It is hard to come up with a bit that like cooks and it's like really cooking yeah. for like a long period of time. Do you, um, are there people who come and see shows who didn't even realise you were a stand-up comedian? Like maybe they've seen you on TV or they just think you're just some funny person they somehow found and you're, yeah. and you're just on stage and they didn't even realise you did stand-up? So I'm yeah. still surprised. Every time I walk out and there's an audience, I'm like, how the fuck do you know about me? Um, I did a week at the Sydney Opera House. Wow. And then I said, this is pre-COVID, and I said to them, so every night I go, who's here to see me? And they'd make a noise. And I go, who has never seen me before? I go, who's only here because you're in Sydney for two nights only and you need to see something live at the Opera House? And I'd say about 20% of the room. <laughs> I'm not That's even getting People just go, we don't give a fuck. We want to see a show at the Sydney Opera House. There were people in there that couldn't speak English. They were just tourists. <laughs> You know, they were just coming to see a show. There's like German people and Russian people and Chinese people and they're just there because they're in Sydney and come hell or high water, they were going to fucking see anything at the opera house. So they And you could see them beforehand taking photos of the venue and, and, and you know, I've done the same where you go, I'm going to New York, I'm going to go see a show on Broadway. I don't give a fuck what I'm seeing as long as I'm seeing a show at Broadway. I did show some recently at like uh, Wellington Opera House and I think when I came out on stage, people were like, oh, I yeah. didn't realise he did stand-up. And I, and I remember the first time I did um, 
a panel show in New Zealand. I think like, you know, someone commented online, I was like, oh, you should do stand-up. And I was like, yes, I, I've been doing stand-up for about se- you know, seven years now. Like, you know, there's always going to be someone in the crowd who's never seen you before and probably has never heard of you and like, yeah. and has, some- has somehow made it to your show. Yeah. And so you have to make sure you're like giving them the best performance possible. You have to take comedy seriously so you can win these people over. 100%. That's the thing. It's like... And it's not just because it's not just ego driven. It's again, to me, it comes down mm. to value for money and to deliver yes. the product. You know, like we we have a product that we're delivering. It's like you don't make BMWs and you make 18 out of 20 <laughs> great BMWs and then two of them are kind of fucked and the brakes don't work real well. But, you know, the other 18 is great. You're like, no, because, you know, there's going to be someone in that group. There's always one person in the group. Yeah. Go, I've never heard of her. If you then deliver your product, you make that BMW with a good brakes, then at the end they're like, fuck, yeah. I am sold. I've heard people who have been coming to my shows from that 20-seater. Wow. This woman sends me a message and she goes, I'm sitting in your in your room in the venue before I went out. She goes, I'm sitting in your venue crying, remembering when I came to your your gig when there were 20 seats in the room and there were only two other people and it was the reviewer and the reviewer's friend and her and her husband. And she goes, and now we're sitting here and there's 6,000 people at a sold-out, like, arena. She goes, and I'm just absolutely fucking blown away. I go, yeah, me too. I'm backstage crying my eyes out trying to keep my fucking makeup on. Would you ever, like, if you couldn't do stand-up anymore, like, you know, anything happens, like you lose your voice, would you go back to your day job or would you go, fuck it, I'm going to write for other people, I'm still going to somehow be involved in this? I could be happy, like, out of the limelight. You know, I I don't think I necessarily need to have, you know, I find it rewarding seeing someone else do a joke and it get a laugh on stage and then I lean over to my friend and I go, I wrote that. I, I always do that. I'm a, night, I'm a nightmare. So so if a famous comedian like Ricky Gervais rings you up and go, will you be a writer for me? You're happy to just write for him. I'd have to be like, oh, i gotta, I got to become a bit more transphobic, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and get in the mindset. I but, mean, um, your transphobic gear is the thing that got you on this podcast. In yeah, the that's place, right. You know? <laughs> like you don't do a lot of it on stage, but. Green Room Ray is a transphobic yeah. bastard. Yeah, I'm giving out my manifesto. I've got, I've got a lot of opinions I've got to share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then all those stickers that you handmade at home is like the men's room. Yeah. Men only, yeah. two genders, mar- you know. I'm marching around the back, <laughs> giving out this weird salute. Who knows? I don't know what I'm up to. but Yeah, yeah, we're wearing a JK Rowling T-shirt everywhere you go, under the suit. You're like Superman. Under your suit you've got a JK Rowling T-shirt. <laughs> but, no, um, I, I, I could be happy writing yeah. for someone else. Like, I, I, like it is something I've thought about and, like, even just writing, I think, is such a dream job to, like, get paid to sit around and be funny and, like, try to think of funny things. I, that's a dream. It's a dream job to me. I don't know how mm. good at it I'd be because I feel like I really, you know, sometimes I worry, at least with stand-up, I write too much in my own voice. But I would love, you know, I would still love it if I couldn't perform myself. Yeah. I've written with other comics before where I think it's a good, like, if our voices are very different, yes. I think you should sit down with someone else. So, like you say, you don't just write in, you know, yeah. your own voice the whole time. <laughs> I love getting, like, joke ideas from other people and love getting tags and stuff because sometimes it is easier to write for other people. Like sometimes you're like, oh, this is, 
And, you know, this is easy. Yeah. Oh, you know, you've thought of such an obvious, this is such a good premise, you know, here's some ideas. And then you try to sit down and work on your own stuff and you're like, Christ, was I ever funny? Like, what is, what is wrong with me? Why did I ever think this was funny? But we, well, when, when those people come up and they're like, or they recognize you and they're like, oh, oh, you, I've seen you before. You're really funny. Like, oh, thank you. And then, you know, you go about, you know, but that's just really, really nice. Just having that like little, like the, the odd person every now and then come up and say, oh, you're funny. And then you go, oh, thank you. And then you can go about your day. At least that's the level I'm at. I'm not, yeah. and especially in New Zealand as well. I don't think we're like over, you know, I'm not overrun with people trying to get like selfies and autographs and stuff like that. Like there's, there's every other person yeah. or, you know, every 10th person maybe on a night out. I love that too. You know, just people going, hey, I just want to say, and then they're on their way again. And I love that too, yeah. Uh, Especially if they're not being super aggressive about it. Sometimes they can be a bit aggressive with their love and you're like, (laughs) oh, you need to tone that shit right down. Let me ask you, Ray, what shits you about other people? Something that really shits me about other people right now is people who believe in star signs. That stuff, like, pisses me right off. You know, I've had people say things like, you know, oh, you know, uh, we couldn't date because our star signs are incompatible. And, like, a part of me is like, you know, you are right. We couldn't date because it is the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. We could not. I know. Or when they go, my yeah. moon is actually in Sagittarius at the moment. This is why I'm so all over the show. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not here to judge, but maybe put the pot down. You know, you don't need 30 joints a day. This is why you can't focus on shit. Yeah, I know. It frustrates me too. I, I kind of get like people yeah. want, need that crutch. They need that kind of. But honestly, if you think you're going to divide people into what's it yeah. now, 13, because yeah. there's a new one now, 13 different personality types, you need to fucking hit by the nail. <laughs> it's, that would probably improve their IQ. I think if they had a nail in the brain, I think there'd be <laughs> there'd be a bit more going on in the brain. Uh, oh, but then I'll take I'll, I'll I see your your tarot and your star signs, and I will raise you one more because I think acupuncture is a crock of yes, shit. Yes, same. I'm getting healed by acupuncture. Really, something that goes half a millimeter into your skin, you're being healed by that. Acupuncture, I I just don't get it all. Like oh, yeah. and it looks awful. Have Have you ever? How is turning yourself into a pincushion going to make yourself feel better? Okay, so my ex was overdue with our, our daughter and then someone suggested going for yeah. acupuncture. Went for acupuncture. Well, right, I don't know how to say this. It didn't fucking work. <laughs> Did not fucking work. Not even um, the doctors putting a drip on her no. to induce her worked. They had to just cut that child right out of her body. So how how... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and then they go, it didn't, didn't work this time. time. So I've got a few friends who went, yeah, I also went for acupuncture because I went over time and didn't take. I'm like, yeah, because it's horseshit. It's horseshit and this is why it didn't work. Did um, The acupuncture, were they doing the needles into the uterus? Was like the baby going like, ah, ow, ow. <laughs> like trying to- yeah, yeah, and the baby <laughs> going, oh, fuck, here's another one. I can see the light. I can see the light. I better get out of here. <laughs> Oh no, what's in my eye? <laughs> this has become hostile. <laughs> Where's all this water going? <laughs> That's how it would work. That is the literally the only thing. If you put enough, if you put those needles in, so it sort of perforates it and then it opens up like a packet of chips. <laughs> it just rips. What's the one thing about you that shits you to death? 
I think I've got too much of a need to be correct. Or like, I like my own opinion too much, I reckon. I studied oh. philosophy and I think that did, that did something to my brain in a bad way. But like, you know, now with like friends and stuff, I can argue until the cows come home. And like, I have friends who hate that shit. Like no one wants to you know, be hanging out with their friend and then make an innocent, you know, an aside, an aside remark. And then I go, oh, well, technically that's not correct because, um, uh, you know, then I'm doing that shit. In saying that, the number one thing in the world that people are prepared to die for is <laughs> to be right. Everyone goes, no, no, I will die for my children. No, you'll die to be correct. <laughs> we all want to be correct. We all want our basically yeah. the last word, right? And then there's no point. You can't argue that point because in arguing <laughs> it, you're proving my point. It's so so when people argue about how no. to pronounce my name. Oh, you actually the way you pronounce your name, I'm like, is the way I pronounce my name. That's the correct way. Any other way you're saying it is the, fucking wrong. The the um what is it? The people like to argue or the people want to be correct are a trap you've got. That's like saying like going like up to someone and be like, Oh, someone thinks you're paranoid. And they'll be like, who? And you're like, ah, oh, there you go, there you go. You are paranoid. Yeah. I just caught you in a trap. If you're sick of your relationship, what can I say to my partner <laughs> to make it end? <laughs> People are fucked, man. It's so easy to get them to yeah. sort of just talk in a circle all night. And you're like, I'm just going to tap out of this shit now. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually all tired now. And they're all angry and they're ready to go all night. And you're like, I'm going to go off to bed. I'm gonna- actually, I have to say, because yeah. my son's the same, I bought him a, a trench helmet. No, he's obsessed right. with anything army. But then we were in the car and um, he he's very shy. So when we went to the army surplus store to buy the helmet, I said to him, he needs to try it on because he's got a massive fucking head, like like a watermelon that was grown near a power station. Like it's, it's huge. Anyway, so I said to him, you have to try on. This helmet. And he's like, no, no, I'll do it when we get home. I go, I'm not buying this change helmet and then we get home. And uh, and so I, I sort of took him through it and, and eventually went, okay, fine. So I tried it on. It fit. Cool. So we get in the car and after about five minutes of our saying, you know, how it was good that he pushed through his own shyness and he tried on the hat, he just looked at me and goes, actually, I just want to say it's a helmet and not a hat. <laughs> And I knew that little fuckhead stopped listening to me the first time I said hat just so he could say, just so he could correct me at the end of this. So when I, when I, then I said to him, you didn't listen to anything I just said to you. You're only waiting to tell me it's a helmet. And he goes, yes. I fucking knew it. (laughs) So you would be the same. Like, I'm not going to take any of the message here. I'm just going to wait so I can correct your ass. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. Supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Beck Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend. 